Uh, well, good morning, good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together. Welcome everybody here at Franklin Campus. Welcome to our online campus and so thankful we could come and worship our great God today. I love today because it's our stories of Thanksgiving. And so we have different songs and testimonies and God's word and, and just for us to be thankful because what happens a lot of times is we're kind of past Thanksgiving, we're already on to Christmas. Right? I mean, you kind of feel that in our culture, in our day. You see Christmas lights that are already up. You see Christmas trees going up. Already they're running Elf on TV. You know, I mean, it's just kind of like, it's already on to Christmas, right? And so all the things are coming out, the flannel shirts for, you know, Hallmark movies and Great American Christmas and all the things. Everybody's like, watch it. And it's like, man, we've kind of fast forwarded and Christmas is here. Now, I love Christmas, man. I got to tell you, I mean, it's one of our favorite times of the year is we celebrate Emmanuel, God with us. We celebrate Jesus. But in our culture, in our time, Christmas is really busy, right? And Christmas has become a lot of commercialism, a lot of things around Christmas. And if we're not careful, we'll just kind of fast forward through Thanksgiving. And we're like, man, give me Christmas. I got Black Friday sales. I got all this stuff that I'm going to buy for people. And so I want to get all of this done. But we don't really prepare our hearts to truly be thankful. And so I love this Sunday. I gotta tell you, I love this Sunday because this is a time for us collectively to come together and to look back over this year and go, okay, God, thank you. God, thank you. You have been faithful. You have been there for me and the confidence I have knowing that you'll be with me in the future. And for me to develop this heart of gratitude for us as a body of Christ, for us as believers, for us as followers of Jesus to go, I just want to be the one to say thank you, to say thank you. And so we want to do that today. So if you have a Bible with you, I want to invite you up with me to the book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 8. So we're going old school. At first, we're going to kind of go through and look at some different passages together. But Deuteronomy Back toward the front of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. It's called the Law, the Torah, the Pentateuch right there. And I want you to see this in Deuteronomy chapter 8 because I think it's so important for all of us. Now, let me set the stage as we get to Deuteronomy 8. So the children of Israel were slaves in Egypt, all right? They were slaves. And so Egypt, the most powerful army in the world at this time, you know, here they were as slaves and they really had no hope or no help. I mean, they're there, and they're stuck, and they're not getting out, right, until they called out to God. God, help, deliver us, free us. And so God sent us to deliver Moses. And Moses goes to Pharaoh and says, hey, let God's people go. And Pharaoh goes, no way. They're economic boom, right? They're building all of our stuff. We have all these slaves. No way. Moses goes, okay, well, watch this. He's God, and you're not. And all of a sudden, these plagues start happening against the Egyptians. I mean, like, Bad plagues, you know, the Nile turning into blood, and then there's frogs, and there's gnats, and the hail, and all of a sudden, all these bad things are happening. And Pharaoh keeps going, no, 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 no. And then finally, God says, okay, Hebrews, you get together, right? Israelites, you go together and get in your homes and get a lamb, and you have this meal together, and then take the blood of the lamb and put it over the doorpost of your house, because tonight the 10th plague is coming. And the death angel is going to kill the firstborn of everyone in the land, unless your house is covered in the blood of the lamb. And so you can imagine, right, that time as they gather together their family, and they are there, and all together they're praying, and they're praying, they're praying, they put the blood over their doorpost of their home, and that night you could just hear the death angel coming over. 
And that night, the firstborn of every Egyptian dies. And Pharaoh goes, he's God and I'm not. They can go. And so you got a million plus people walking out of Egypt, heading back to the promised land, the land that God had given to their forefathers, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, back there to the land, this land that they've been dreaming about. And now they're going, and they're going through the wilderness. They're going through the wilderness, and God takes care of his people. Now, I just returned from being in Israel with our group from our church, and, and we walked through the wilderness. And they tell us, right, in the wilderness, I mean, there is nothing there. It is desolate, it is hot, and they say without water, without food, you maybe last two to three days. That's it, right? You're not gonna make it. Imagine a million plus people. And so God says, I'll take care of my people. And he provides manna from heaven, bread-like substance that they eat. He provides water from rocks. I mean, these streams that just pop up there in the wilderness. God sustains his people. And then he gets ready, they're on the border, getting ready to go in the promised land. And God tells him in Deuteronomy chapter eight, you can pick up here in verse 10, he says, when you go in the land, right, and I give you all this, and he says, when you've eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, sound familiar, huh? <laughs> We eat a lot, we're satisfied, we have fine houses. When you build those, and when your herds and your flocks grow large and silver and gold increase, and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of a land of slavery. God goes, here's what's gonna happen, right? You're gonna go in the land, you're gonna build these nice houses, I'm gonna give you all this, now all of a sudden in the land, you're gonna, it's a land flowing with milk and honey, you're gonna have all this food, and, and then you're gonna go, wow, we forgot about the Lord. <laughs> we forgot what God has done. But he led you through the vast and dreadful wilderness, that thirsty and wasteless land with its venomous snakes and scorpions. He brought you water out of a hard rock, he gave you manna to eat in the wilderness, something your ancestors had never known, to humble and test you, so that in the end it might go well with you. God's like, I'm taking care of you. I'm providing for you. You may say to yourself, my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. Have you ever done that? Look how hard I'm working. Look at what I've done. And we forget that Man, why do I even have the opportunity to be where I am? Why was I born in the United States? Why do I have the opportunity to have the education I have? But we think my power and the strength of my hands have produced this wealth for me. But remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth and so confirms his covenant, which he swore to your ancestors as it is today. He's like, don't forget about me. I'm gonna take care of you. I'm gonna provide for you. And I bet if we're honest, we just look back over this past year and we go, wow. God, thank you. God, thank you. And so before we fast forward to the next chapter, before we fast forward to the next season, let's come in and be thankful. Let's remember the Lord our God who has done so much for us. I wanna put Psalm 100 up here, and I'd love for us just to read this aloud together. Let's do this, you ready? Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us 
and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Isn't that awesome? His faithfulness continues through all generations coming to us. And I love how he says, hey, enter his gates with thanksgiving because when they came into the promised land, they began to build cities. And when you build a city back then, right, you would build the walls around the city. The, the walls provided the protection. And most of the people lived outside of the city uh, because of farming, agriculture, right? And so you're with your family, you build a house outside of the city walls. The king and all of his family would live in there. Other people would live inside the city walls, but most people were outside the city walls. And then if you wanted to meet, the king would come down and sit at the city gate and you would go and you could meet. But whenever there was a battle going on, everybody would leave and go inside the city walls and the gates would be shut. And inside the city walls, they would have storehouses of, of grain, they would have storehouses, they would have cisterns of water. And so the protection of the walls, the provision inside the city, and it says, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. That we come before the Lord, we go, thank you, God, that you provide. Thank you, God, that you are with me. God, look at what you've done for me. I have eaten and have been satisfied. We've had a lot of great meals, right, over this past year. Right? You have taken care of me. You have protected me. You have provided in ways I never even planned or dreamed. And God, you are a faithful God. And God, I want to remember you today. And that's the call for all. If you want to turn with me over to Luke chapter 17, Luke chapter 17, you see Jesus. And God sends his one and only son for us. And Jesus comes and it tells us in Luke chapter 17, now Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. So Jesus comes, lives 33 sinless years, right? He's on his way to Jerusalem to lay his life down for us. And he traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. So he's traveling along this border. He's going down to Jerusalem. And as he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. Now, they had leprosy. And leprosy was like the worst possible disease back then, right? If you had leprosy, you were put outside of the city walls. You could not come into the city. You could not come into the temple to worship. In fact, if you had leprosy, anytime you saw somebody, you had to say this, unclean, unclean unclean, and people would avoid you. I mean, you were an outsider. People would not go around you. So these guys, they stood at a distance. Here comes Jesus, right? They're standing at a distance, and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. It's like the Israelites calling out. They had no hope, no help. They call out to Jesus, have pity on us. And when he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Now that was big, okay? Because back then, if you were healed, whatever disease it was, whatever you had going on, if you had a skin disease or anything else, you, you would have to be outside the walls. You'd have to be outside the temple. You'd have to be outside the fellowship. But whenever you were cured or healed, you would go to the priest and the priest would look you over and the priest would say, you're clean. And so then all of a sudden, now you're re-engaging in the fellowship. You're re-engaging in the body. You're re-engaging with your family and your friends. And and he would declare you clean. And so Jesus goes, go show yourself to the priest. And as they went, 
they were cleansed. Isn't that amazing? They could have said, you know, no, 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 Jesus, we, we don't believe you, you know, but it says, as they went, this step of faith, this following, this obedience, you know, think about in your life, all the ways that God's been growing us this year. As we follow him, as we trust him, as we step out, and as they went, you think about how God's been discipling you this year, growing you this year. As they went, they were cleansed. Well, one of them, when he saw he was healed, came back, praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet, and he, what? He thanked him. He thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. <laughs> he was a Samaritan. He wasn't even Jewish. He was a foreigner. He was an outsider. But one of them came back. Then Jesus asked, we're not all 10 cleansed? Where are the other nine? <laughs> Only one guy came back. Only one guy stopped to say, thank you. Has no one returned to give praise to God except this foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Guys, let's be the one. <laughs> Today, let's be the one. Let's be the one who comes and says, thank you, Jesus. Thank you for redeeming and restoring. Not everything's been perfect. It's been maybe a challenging year. Maybe there's been some struggles or difficulties, but God, you haven't given up on me. God, you're with me. God, you're for me. God, you're redeeming. You're working in my heart and in my life. You know, as a church, we have so many things that God's done this year. There's so many things to be thankful for. And first and foremost, the way God changes hearts and lives. We've seen so many people baptized this year. That outward expression of faith. And maybe you were baptized this year. Maybe your child or maybe your grandchild, maybe a friend, a neighbor, maybe somebody in your community group, and you're just like, thank you, Jesus. And baptism isn't the end. It's the beginning of this amazing journey with the Lord. And maybe for you, you've moved to a new place and you have community now. You've gotten involved. Or maybe it's been in men's ministry or you came to verses or it's in women's ministry. Maybe you've seen your child grow and mature this year, preschool, children, students, and you're seeing them develop a spiritual foundation and you're like, well, we still have a ways to go, right? But they are growing. You're like, I still have a ways to go, but I'm growing and you're seeing God work. As a church, we've seen God do miracles. You know, as a church, we started Justice and Mercy International and all the work we've been doing in Moldova and we didn't know there was gonna be a war, but, but God did. And so God's already had us there to, to take care of refugees from Ukraine and, and doing ministry there in ways we never dreamed or imagined. But all of us have a story. So what's your story of Thanksgiving? What's your story of Thanksgiving? If you're a Christ follower, it's Jesus, right? Maybe in your marriage, it's like, I just want to be thankful. We have our struggles, we have our ups and downs, but, but I want to be thankful. Maybe with your kids, you say, I want, to, I want to be thankful. Maybe it's a job or Maybe God's just provided financially in ways that you just didn't expect this year, but he's taking care of you. Maybe it's for food. <laughs> You're like, man, I've got enough. In fact, I got more than enough. Maybe it's family, maybe it's friends, it's community, it's church, it's the body of Christ. What's your story of Thanksgiving? And will we be the one to say thank you? I want you to hear today from a couple in our church and their story of Thanksgiving and what God's done in their life. <laughs> Man, it's been a challenging year, but, but I want you to see God's work, his healing, his redemption. So watch this. 
Hi, I'm Jim Rabelhofer. And I'm Gretchen Rabelhofer. We've been married for 38 years and we have been at Rolling Hills for eight. Last January, we had an incident in our lives that just really shook our world. I play ice hockey and during the game, I don't really remember any of this because of how it occurred, but my heart stopped and I collapsed. Little did I know that our goalie, I played defense, and our goalie is an EMT. And he jumped right into action. He recognized what had, that I had collapsed. Um, the other team had a firefighter and a personal trainer who also came to help. They were able to get the AED from the rink and shocked my heart and got it started again and did CPR. I got a call from the rink and said that he was down and that they were performing CPR on him and that they were going to take him to Vanderbilt. And I got in my car and when I found him there, he was unconscious already. I wasn't sure what had happened. I was uh, just very confused where I was, why I was there, what had happened, because it was just so different for me. And, um, and Gretchen helped so much with, with making me feel back at home and understanding, explaining to me where I was and what was going on. I was just amazed how many people had emailed me and um, got on the phone from all over the country, people letting me know that they were praying for me. And I was just overwhelmed by that. And, and through it all, it had given me such peace, knowing that we were in the presence of God and that He was taking care of us. And, we were gonna be um, okay through it all. I look back at it and there's so much in that whole period that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful just that I could play hockey at my age. I was thankful that when I collapsed that I had equipment on and had no additional physical injuries. And thankful that for skilled people, our, our goalie came over and he's working on me. And thankful for Gretchen and my family who just ran and ran to support me and surround me. I am so grateful for our church family because they surrounded us and just gave me a great sense of who God was. And I really saw that through our church family. And now we're, uh, we're thankful for the next chapter in our life. I'll be retiring at the end of the year. And Gretchen and I are moving to California to be closer to our grandson. We go without any real expectations of what it's gonna be like, but just know that God has a plan for us out there. And I think he brought me through this for a reason and that he does have a plan for me in California. And whatever may happen, just to know that the God is there with us holding us and loving us so deeply is something that I'll always be thankful for in my life. Now, you know what's amazing is we all have a story of Thanksgiving, and I, I think about Jim and Gretchen, and, and I remember going to the hospital there at Vanderbilt, and the doctor was saying that he had about a 6% chance to live. And I just remember praying, and as the church prayed together, and all the prayer requests that we submit together, and, and everybody's praying, and, and to see him walking, to see him back with his family, and just go, God still does miracles today, you guys. Please don't miss that. Sometimes we read in the Bible and we go, oh, well, that was back then. No, he's the same God today. 
And our God is at work. And so whatever you're facing in life, just remember that our God is greater. And for us to be people who are thankful, for us to be people who trust, for us to be people who have faith, and to know that God is at work. And our God still does miracles today. What's your story of thanksgiving? What's God done in your life this year? What are you thankful for? I want you to hear today from Rob and Stephanie and and their son, Nate. I want them to come out and just share a little bit of their story. They're amazing. And uh, God has been at work in their life uh, this year. Not something they had planned, but man, uh, God has been at work. And I'm so thankful for Stephanie, for Rob. Nate, thank you, buddy. So you guys, thanks for joining today. Tell us a little bit about, because you got a diagnosis that you were not expecting. And tell us a little bit about that journey. So last year, um, right before Christmas, December 8th, uh, Nate was diagnosed with osteosarcoma, um, which is bone cancer, and it had metastasized his lungs. Uh, so he had nodules in both lungs that they were saying were cancerous. Um, it was a hard journey. I mean, those first few weeks were filled with fear and anxiety and what ifs and lots of questions. Um, but. Thankfully, um, we went forward, and thankfully, we went through um, eight months of chemotherapy at Vanderbilt, um, got a whole new leg internally, <laughs> so they did surgery to remove the tumor and um, gave him some cool new hardware inside, and um, so he's doing good. We were able to go through all the chemotherapy, um, the eight months, and then in September, we went and had kind of a final follow-up scan. We were kind of deciding what we were gonna do with the lung mets, and when we walked in, got all the scans, and the doctor looked at us and he said, you know, I can't really find the lung spots anymore. Wow. So saying that, we're gonna consider him in remission. Wow, praise God, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> and a lot of people praying, you know. Um, tell us a little bit of the backstory, because God was working even before you guys got here. I mean, God knew what was going on. Tell us a little bit about that story. We're, we're from Panama City, Florida, um, born and raised there. So it all started there, and then probably um, 2018, we were hit by a major hurricane. My wife was you know, working in a hospital, had a lot to do with it. So after the storm the corporate office came down to try to help out with the storm stuff. And that's where kind of this whole transition began. So after the storm, they decided to sell the hospital I was working at and the corporate office said, hey, um, would you consider moving to Nashville and taking a job here? And uh, I looked at Rob and Rob was supposed to say no. And instead <laughs> he said, yeah, let's do it. I think it's a good time. And um, so we moved here in April of 2019 and never would we have imagined that we needed to move here. Out of all places, we had never left home and left all of our family and friends behind, but we knew it was God going ahead of us, making that path you know, very clear now that he had a plan for us and that we needed to be here where the best surgeons were and a great community that we could be established in, have a great church family um, that could help take care of us during this time and so it was just a blessing in disguise way ahead of time. Wow. God knew. I mean, yeah. And God putting you in that position and with the doctors and nurses and um, the best in the country, you know, right here. Um, Nate, what are you thankful for as we talk about Thanksgiving today? 
I'm thankful for just a good community and a good small group because whenever it all started, all I thought was somehow we're going to get through this. And a week later, I, well, my mom got an email saying from the middle school group that they made bracelets and they were going to support me every day and they were going to pray for me every Sunday, Wednesday, and every day of the week and they were going to keep thinking about me. And that made a big difference for me. Yeah. You got a lot of people who love you, man. <laughs> so. well, what's y'all's story of Thanksgiving? What would you say for you as a family as we talk about Thanksgiving today? I think the biggest thing is just so thankful that God, one, goes before us. You know, I never would have imagined that this is where our path would have led and this would have been the journey our family went on. But also the, the peace and the joy he gives even in the midst of the circumstances and the struggles. Um, you know, so many days people would say, how are you still so joyous? And it was, you know, the first time in my life I could remember going, the joy of the Lord is my strength. Wow. Like, and that is so true and so evident. So I think for me that'd probably be the big things. For me, um, when we came up here, we didn't have family up here. So God knew getting connected with a church, getting connected with a small group was important. And that's what I was able to do. And to this day, I'm so thankful for the small group that I'm a part of, the men's group, the, the church family that we have, because this is our true church family. And it's just overwhelmingly, I am just so thankful to have this. Well, I want to pray for you guys right now. So, Father God, thank you for Rob, for Stephanie. Father, thank you for Nate. And God, you're a God of miracles. And God, you have an incredible plan for Nate. You're going to do great things through him. He's a leader, Father. You're going to use him in a mighty way. So, God, just continue to heal him, give him strength. Thank you, Father, for church, for community. Thank you for doctors and nurses, God, and bless them. And Father, thank you for all that you're doing in our lives together. And God, thank you that we all have a story, a story that you're writing in us. And I thank you for this family, and I love them so much, and I give them to you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you, guys. Awesome, buddy.